0: You know, I have gone back and forth in my head about how to do this, how to do this episode, how to start this episode, how to end this episode, how to outline this episode. And I just said, fuck it today, because there is no proper way to tell this tale, to explain this story, this true story that I now know and believe to be true. From multiple sources, which I cannot disclose that i I just can't believe i I've kind of sat on this info and this story and and just thought about it for days I mean almost over a week now, and what really threw me through a loop was this whole personal thing that I had to deal with um, with this my eye injury and, and all of that but It's interesting because at the end of my last episode, I was so down and out thinking, you know, how awful society is and how, and and it is, I mean, and and law enforcement and and what I dealt with, but I'm going to just speak freely on this episode about so much. And I'm going to say this. It really was the thing that kind of, pivoted me into this direction of telling this tale about the infamous lawyer that so many people are hush-hush about, so many people are not discussing because they're just waiting to see exactly how implicated the system is going to show that he is. And I'm not going to wait for them. Fuck the system, okay? And I'm going to say, fuck the system again because of what happened to me. And I'm not going to wait for them to decide because they get it wrong so many times. Okay, sometimes they get it right, but they get it wrong (laughs) majority of the times, in my opinion. And I just I said to myself when I was at the water, I, I said to myself with the crashing waves and everything, you have to just be this moving force of forward and progression and growth. And that's why I'm here. It's what I enjoy. Nothing makes me happier than reading the messages from you guys. Or the best was meeting someone personally in person. It was just the other day that said, Hey, listen, you know, I connected with you uh, in the group. And then I, I saw that you're in this podcast and met me in person. I mean, that was so personal to me. I, I, I'm a person that loves that type of thing. I'm not a person that you can't approach. So I I was just blown away and it really made my day and really pushed me to reinvest myself back into this. And um, here I am about to tell you a tale that would make anybody go, what? (laughs) I mean, guys, this is so crazy. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, it it is, it's a story that I really don't wish on anyone. And I've been through a lot. I'm sure we all have been through a lot. But this story, if if this guy gets away with things and if Fotis gets away with what he did, which is alleged, yeah. And I'm going to say that. I'm just going to do a blanket statement of, okay, all of this is alleged, blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't believe that. And uh, in my past podcasts, you can hear and understand why I believe the wives, why I believe any victim that goes to the police and sits down with them and gives a sworn statement of any kind, because these guys aren't the warmest of guys, okay? I've dealt with them not What is it? Not even 10 days ago where they were listening to half of what I said. I had to basically tell them to give me a damn report. So to go up, I can't even imagine what it takes for a woman to go to a cop and say, Hey, I was fucking raped by my own husband. Like I, I, me just saying that out loud to nobody, to, to my phone that's in my hand right now takes a lot. Okay, for a woman to say that. Wow. You know, I it it really Anyone that doubts someone like that, I, I mean, I, I I don't know what's wrong with you. So, with that said, let me begin this story. And kick back and relax if you're at home with a drink, please make it a double. <laughs> if you're on your way to work, take the long route. Um, if you're sipping chamomile tea, you might want to take the bag out because I don't need you to fall asleep right now. Okay. <laughs> I need a sip of my, uh, my rosé. I-, I had to pour literally a bottle of champagne for this. Well, not a bottle. It's like one of those little ones. Who knows, I may go through like eight of them tonight. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, guys. So for those who don't know who Kent is, Kent, 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 Kenty boy, as I like to refer to him. And I I referred to him in that way in the beginning, but now I'm not going to refer to him in that way because it was it was this funny thing. And now after I've learned how sinister he is, I can't even joke about it anymore. I can't even make a... I can't even make any sort of joke about his name or anything like that because it's not funny anymore. Like, this is serious shit. And I know I say that a lot, but this guy... This guy is serious trouble. And uh, he and Fotis were two peas in a pod. Now, when I tell you this story... It, it starts it starts off with Fotus. So we all know he was arrested. Now, during that time and that focus, there was no focus on this little tidbit of fact that came out early, early on. I mean, we're talking maybe, I don't know. I, I would have to say, I think maybe seven days or earlier after Jen went missing, that it was a small, like, little news clip that said, you know, Fotis' lawyer has withdrawn from, you know, yada, yada, yada. And that was the first thing, first red flag for me. I said to myself, okay, who's this guy? Because he, he was on my radar. Because I said to myself, anybody involved with someone for so long that jump ship when you're in trouble first of all, you're a shitty ass friend, you know, second of all, you're a shitty ass lawyer. And I mean, why, what do you, what are you doing? Why? So that was the first thing that I thought. And now it makes sense. So he withdraws and nobody knows why nobody looks into it. No news reporter is jumping on this and saying, why, you know, nobody. And about a month later, you know, we're all looking for Jen, everybody's looking for Jen while Kent is literally in the shadows and and nobody knows what he's doing. no one no one cares, no one seems to care. And nobody knows what he's been up to, not only regarding Fotis and his involvement with Fotus, but within his own personal life and how connected it is to the FOTUS case. So here we are out and we're looking for Jen and and we're so hyper-focused on FOTUS where here is this, this man who was literally spinning this web this whole time. And I'll explain to you how. This guy was married to a lovely woman and... She is the woman that I'm speaking about in regards to the one that... There was a recent report on her about speaking to the cops about her being raped um, while married. And I know that that complicates things. It makes it difficult, which I think is terrible because rape, rape is rape. I mean, give me a break. Well, this guy, Kenty, or Kent... I can't even say Kenty because I think of like a nice kid, you know, and he is just not. So he's married to this lovely woman and uh, they, (sighs) things don't seem to be working out. So just like any other couple, what do they do? They seek a divorce. So, Kent and his wife now aren't doing well, and they're seeking a divorce. During this time, Kent is Fotus's lawyer, and in that meantime, he worked extensively with him on, on many cases uh, regarding Jennifer, uh, regarding Jennifer's family and paying back money, and they won some cases regarding that uh meaning that the farbers lost against him so this kind of should give people some insight on how these two work that they They worked together to kind of screw the Farber family, a family that basically started, not basically, fuck that. They started his business. They created it. It should be Farber LLC or the Farber Group, okay, that builds homes because they're the ones, especially Hillard, Jen's father, who was the bank for FOTUS, Okay. And yes, it is proven, I guess, somewhere that Fotis paid back like the first loan, but then he stopped paying. And guess what, buddy? You know, Gloria is a tough chick. And Gloria, for those that are listening now that haven't listened to my past podcast, Gloria is Jen's mom. She is a tough chick from Jersey. Okay. And when Jen's dad passed, Gloria started looking into the books and was like, what the fuck? You owe 3.5 mil? Uh, <laughs> let me call my team of lawyers in that are ex-judges. We're going after that motherfucker. So what I'm trying to get at here is Kent and Fotis worked together to screw over amazing people, Jen's parents. And this was early on. Okay. And this was throughout Jen and Fotus's marriage. So already you see this bond growing between the two of them. You see that they know how to work the system or they think they do, especially Kent does because he's, he's a lawyer. So you've got this bond growing. And from what I've learned, Kent was enamored, basically worshipped Fotis, okay? And, you know, I remember learning this and thinking like why why and from what I what what I learned Fotis gave off this persona this idea of an ideal life of an I- I- idyllic man he was um, always dressed the nine okay always presented his Gucci wallet upon arrival um, you know just had this aura of money, wealth. He was extremely precise and detailed. And from what I learned, and I'm speaking on Fotis, Fotis always had to... How do I say this? He walked in and he expected your attention, okay? So it wasn't someone that has a great personality and... It, it just happens naturally. He demanded your attention. And if he didn't get it, he wasn't happy. And he had no problem telling you that. So these are things that I've learned. These are things that I can read off of him, but not everybody can. And it's important to get that out there that I heard that from numerous sources. I mean, very close to this case. And and again, I can only say that much. So with that said... Fotis and Kent are tight. They are going through many court cases, some winning, some losing. And in this time, Kent is going through or beginning the stages of his own divorce with his soon-to-be or ex. I'm not even sure right at this moment. Um, I think that may still even be pending. I'm not sure. And he's going through his own. So Kent and his wife, which I won't name, um, can you imagine? So these two guys at the same time are going through these contentious divorces. Okay. The Farbers had shitloads of money. Okay. And then there's Kent who is a control freak that doesn't want his wife to have anything. All right. And like I said, She didn't sign a prenup, from what I hear. So what happens next? What is Kent and Fotis to do? (laughs) Well, what many people don't know that transpired is that Kent's wife at one time was in a similar situation (laughs) like myself. No, she didn't get a rock thrown at her eye, but there was injustice in her life. And how can I tell that? I could tell that by reading the police reports. I can't believe that this woman came and spoke to police about a man trying to break into her home. After, ironically, after a hearing that she and Kent had, okay, where she would get no money, okay, and the only thing that was left on the table against him was the fact that, He allegedly raped her. Now, what does that do for a man that's a lawyer that completely would destroy this man's reputation? And for a guy like Kent or Fotis? No, no, no. Nobody's going to destroy anything for them. They're always going to come out on top in their mind. So and they think that they have complete control over everything, especially a lawyer oh my gosh, these guys, I've been around so many times, and so many of them really think that they are gods and they can get out of anything. So if you put that with a guy with a personality that's already an asshole and a dick and a chauvinistic pig, I mean, that's just a bottle. it's going to explode. So getting back into this, you've got Kent, and he's pissed. And his poor wife has to deal with a guy that raped her, okay, because he's not getting any, and this is my feelings on it, he raped her because he wasn't getting any, and he was pissed off, and he was a power freak, and this is all public record, you guys can all look into this, Um, and this woman went to police after this hearing, and, and, and where she literally was getting nothing in this divorce, and, she tells police this story about this man b- trying to literally break into her home in the morning. And they kind of just chalk it up to it being a uh, what is what is what is it that the I mean uh, a <laughs> repair guy. I mean, when I was reading this, I I almost fell I thought to myself, like, here I am reliving what happened to me a week ago or 10 days ago now with this rock. Like, they just didn't give a shit. But then you have to stop and think, why don't they? They don't because lawyers are connected to everybody. They are connected to everybody. This guy Kent had his fingers or had his greasy fingers on everybody and was greasing the wheel everywhere. And that is my opinion. That is my personal opinion. That's the opinion of others that I've heard from that know even more than me. And I I just, I can't believe that none of this has come out yet. I'm kind of in shock. Uh, That's why it's almost shocking for me to talk about it. I need to get a sip of my rosé. Hold on a second. (laughs) Bear with me, guys. So, this woman, Kent's wife, was raped by her own husband, excuse me, allegedly, which I hate saying because I believe her 150%, and then has to deal with a man trying to break into her house to potentially, allegedly kill her, okay? Okay. This this shit, you can't make up. And I'm telling you, do I believe it? Absolutely. 150%. It's all out there for you guys to check on, like I said. And this guy literally came to this woman's house. And this woman was in her home, like in her pajamas. Like we're talking like you're sipping your Dunkin' Donuts you know, you, you just let your dog out or whatever. I think it was like nine, ten in the morning or even earlier. I don't know the exact time because I'm telling you guys, I left my outline. I said, fuck it. I'm just going to speak freely on this because it's just I have to. So it's early in the morning. This woman's like sipping her coffee or whatever, and she's hearing these sounds and you know, you don't think anything of it. And this is kind of, this is exactly why I want to talk about it this way, because it's so important that anybody man or woman hears this and realizes that you can't just shrug off a sound or you can't shrug off like a random person following you around. You know, you, you got to be aware of these things because, Oh my God, it could have been deadly. It could have literally been deadly for her. And it wasn't because of one thing that happened, thank God, but it could have went a different way. So she hears the banging and you know she's doing her thing, sipping her coffee at I'm assuming, and Or she thinks it's her kids or whatever. I don't know, dog. And then it continues. And it's like scraping and something else. And she's looking outside and she sees this car and it's not anybody that she knows. And then she starts to remember that there was this strange guy following her like all week. So she starts walking throughout the house and eventually she gets to the rear of the home And what does she see? But a man with a hood on, with a crowbar, and I believe a gas can? I mean, this guy they actually caught, and I'm using quote fingers, and they spoke to him and he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I haven't seen I haven't seen Kent since such and such date. And, and then they call Kent and Kent says the same exact quote. They cu- literally quoted one another. I mean, unbelievable. I think the, I believe the plates were like plates of a different guy. Cops did nothing. They didn't they didn't see issue with that. I mean, it's it's absolutely mind blowing. And it's so connected to, like I said, what happened to me. I mean, the, the cops don't give a shit. And if they don't do their job right... Like, look at this. This literally was a man not going there to, you know, fix a sink. You know, if a guy... So this is what the guy said to cops, that he was he was going to go repair something. If you, If you guys have ever dealt with anything repair-wise, anything, like if you called... You know, I don't know Xfinity or, and by the way, Xfinity sponsor me because that was a shout out that I shouldn't have even done. I anybody whoever it is, Santa Claus, all right, he at least freaking leaves a little note or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there was nothing. There was no notice for this woman. Nothing, and she has to. I I guys, I just literally. I think of myself and if, and this is just me, if it was me, I would have had a fucking heart attack. But the way that this happened from what I've learned is the guy was just in shock that she saw him. So everybody's in shock. Like the two of them are in shock and he just runs off and the cops are talking to him. Like I said, they got the same story. He and Kent, You know, Kent's like, I haven't seen him since, I don't know, the summer. Or the other guy's like, yeah, I haven't seen him since the summer, blah, blah, blah. And they both use the same phrase. And it's just crazy. And the cops just chalk it up to whatever. They didn't have enough evidence to arrest him because he said he was there to do a repair. And there was marks all over the, I believe it was the garage door. Like, who goes into the garage door that way? and then doesn't, like, makes this mess and then doesn't fix it and runs away when the homeowner just walks up to the door. I mean, it was insane. And this woman had to live through this. And everybody's being quiet about it. Everybody just thinks it's not a big deal. And you have to really think, like, why was this happening? What was going on in her life for this to happen? Well, look at Kent. Look what she had on Kent. She had a criminal case pending regarding rape, which is fucking so serious, I can't even stress it. And if you don't know that by now, then you you guys got to educate yourself, okay? Especially with a lawyer. So what I'm getting at here is Kent is not a good boy, (laughs) okay? He is not a good boy, and this woman... She's lucky to be alive because that was not a repair guy, in my opinion. And like I said, a lot of other sources agree. So, <clears throat> excuse me, that was just one incident. Now, this woman has to go on. Like, I can't even imagine going on after that. Like, I, pfft, I would live in a house that was made out of metal. That's just me. I mean, my PTSD would be through the roof. I can't even imagine what she deals with every day. But like I said, guys, look and watch and listen and be aware of your surroundings because I swear to God, like I I could see friends of mine, you know, or older people or like, you know, someone just very caring. And I know I'm going like way off on a tangent with this, but it could be anybody. All right. And people just open their doors Like or they just are like oh whatever You know and I get a lot of flack For being the complete opposite Of that like I am neurotic When it comes to security And I think that's Why this whole thing with my eye really got me Because (laughs) I hate to say like make a joke Of it but it was like it really hit me in the Fucking face (laughs) that day That I don't have full control over my safety At all times and Um, that really jolted me, like I said, and I won't get into it, you know, emotionally and everything. It just really jolted me. So I have such sympathy for this woman. And I think I can't even imagine what would have happened if she didn't hear those sounds that she did. You know, this, this, I'll I'll never forget, you know, speaking with someone and them saying like, from what it sounds is that this person was supposed to be the first person to go and I'm just like continue like keep going and then you know I I remember just sitting back in my chair and thinking oh my god like all the pieces are starting to come together in this like this woman was supposed to die and she didn't and what I am going to continue getting into, you're going to start to see how it all connects. So you have Kent, you have his wife, you have this whole situation where this strange hitman guy comes to the house, and Kent somehow smooths it over with the police, with everybody. He's got, he's got a, a way out of everything, this guy. He's got the connects to finagle even in his divorce proceedings to make sure that his wife gets nothing. You know, I mean, the guy just, what I'm trying to get at is the guy has seen and practiced for so long this game of getting out of things and winning and beating the system and beating so many different things in life that that gets to one's head, okay? And then what what would make this guy say, "Hey, I can't get away with murder." Nothing is my point. Nothing would make this guy think that he couldn't. So the next thing that then occurs in this time frame is that I'm made aware That Kent's wife randomly, okay, randomly, gets a call from Fotis Dulos, okay. And don't hold me to to the dates on this because I'm I don't I don't even like to do that. I like to speak freely and just tell you the the meat of the story, the details we could discuss another time. Now, Fotis randomly out of fucking nowhere calls Kent's wife. I mean, out of nowhere. And we're talking like four, five days before Jen goes missing. Okay. And from what I'm made aware of, Kent and his wife never even had breakfast, lunch, or dinner with the douloses. Okay. The only thing that was made very aware to me is that Fotis, in Kent's eyes, was like, like I said, a god. Like, you want to be Fotis Dulos? Like, he's amazing. He's blah, 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 blah. So, Kent's wife never even met Fotis. Ever. Once. Never. Okay? Didn't even meet Jennifer. So, think about it this way. She gets a, a phone call, <laughs> okay, after all of this happened to her, okay, that's connected to Kent, allegedly, you know, because nobody can prove anything. The cops are like, our hands are tied, blah blah blah. So she gets this call from Fotis, and she's astonished because she's never met the guy. And she's like, uh, yes? Like, what do you want? And he's like, Hi, you know, it's Fotis. I, I really wanted to, um, I want to talk to you. Like, is it okay that I talk to? to Kent about the fact that I'm talking to you and which, you know, it's interesting. Like when I heard this from multiple people, by the way, I was kind of thrown through a loop because that right there is so inconsistent with his personality and the, and the type a alpha that he is, that is super dominant. No guy would say, do I, you know, like something about, do I have permission? First of all, you didn't, you didn't ask permission first to call the guy's wife. Like, it's just strange. Like, that whole first sentence is so odd to me and so telling that it's scripted and fake, but I'll continue on. So it's so hard not to, like, dissect this without telling you guys a story, so I'm trying to do both at the same time, so forgive me. So you've got this woman on the phone. She's going through all this, right? And she's got Mr. Fotis, Mr. Smooth Talker, saying... Hi, I just, you know, do I have your permission to talk to Kent? You know, um, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what? What are you talking about? Like, who are you? Like, you know, she's suspicious as hell. And, but she's kind of like every woman. Okay. And I am going to say every woman. We all are curious. Okay. And I'll speak for myself. I won't even speak for all. But the majority of women are like, you know what, let's see how far this is gonna fucking go, (laughs) you know, I mean, like, for shits and giggles, let's see what this is all freaking about, you know, and I would, I'm just gonna say it right now, I would have probably taken this whole situation so much further than this woman did, but we'll just carry on, so Fotis is on the phone, he's saying blah, 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 blah to her, and she's just starting to, she's, first of all, very skeptical, but you know what's uh, ironic with this is that Fotis, it's almost like he he knew that she would be the way he was speaking by saying all these these like comforting, loving phrases to her to make her feel comfortable with him. He was very very good at that, and I know for a fact three people said that to me. They said he is so so good at making you feel so comfortable and. <sighs> He's a smooth talker. He's a manipulator. So he's doing that. And this woman is saying, you know, like, like, okay, Fotis, like, what is your, what is, what is your point here? And he's like, Oh, you know, I just wanted to say like, you know, listen, I I want you to work things out with him. And I know that you have, and this is another side note. Okay. When you, when you are in any sort of pending violent case, there's a protective order. So Fotis is kind of chalking it up as, you know, I know that, you know, you're going through hard times with Kent and blah, blah, blah. But I want to be I want to help in any way I can, because, you know, listen, Kent will do whatever I say. And that I heard from multiple people. Okay, I heard it from one person. Then I was like, I need to hear it from more than one. So this is crazy. All right. Fotis said to this woman that Kent would do anything for me, like I owe him something, or or we no we owe each other, and I just find that so I mean eerie. I get a chill up my spine every time I say it back. Um, I remember writing it down and and saying, "Oh my God!" It's like. They always say all the mistakes that these these murderers make that they don't even realize, and, and this is this is one major one that he made um, in my eyes. And, you know, so needless to say, this woman goes along with it, and she's, like, listening to him, like, yeah, 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 okay, whatever. And Fotis is going on and on, like, oh, you guys just need to, you know, talk and blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm here for anything you need. You know, I want to help out. You can go to my house in Greece. And when I heard that, okay, this is like fact. The first thing I thought is, wait, he has a house in Greece? Like hold the freaking phone. Am I surprised that he has one? No. But it's like, okay. Like Connecticut, you keep pushing, you keep delaying, you keep being freaking laissez-faire with this. This guy's going to cut that freaking bracelet and he's going to be singing on the rooftop of some house in Greece. OK, like get on it, people in Connecticut. And I live here. I'm so disgusted with it. All right. <laughs> Done with that rant. So we've got Fotis. And he's speaking to the wife of Kent and he's, you know, schmoozing her and selling her on the fact that he's this caring and loving friend, blah, blah. And I'm thinking like, well, was he always there in her life? Like, why wasn't he? You know, it's just so strange. It's, it's like someone calling you literally out of the blue that you've never met that is almost pretending to have been this, this major part of your life. It, it's just very, very odd. So he's, he's explaining these things, and he's saying that Kent will do anything, anything for him. And, you know, that, that they should get together, Fotis and the wife, Kent's wife. And she's hesitant, and she says that she'll think about it. And then the next day, he calls again. And he's pushing, and he's pushing, and he's saying, oh, there's good news, there's good news. You know, he... He said, I spoke to him and spoke to Kent and Fotis is saying and Fotis is like, Kent said that um, he just needs, you know, he just needs like five things, you know, and they go through the five things. And I find that so interesting. This guy, (laughs) I'm sorry to laugh, this guy allegedly raped this woman and he's the one with the demands, like, first of all, like, hold the phone, you know, And so Fotis is saying, it's just these three things. And I'm so happy that I heard that this woman said, well, I got my own. Like, I got my own wants. I got my own, you know, requests. And she gave them. She gave them to Fotis. And Fotis says, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to go back and speak to him and I'll get back to you. Well, he called her back very quickly. That was the question I asked the most to two people. I said, how quick did he call back? And it was quick. And it's like, really, dude, at least like make it seem real by not calling back so quickly. But again, that's Fotis. And, and again, again, what I'm told is that Fotis was rushing. Now we're into like day two of him calling this woman and he was rushing. He seemed under the gun on something. And he was getting even pushier and pushier with her. So she's giving her demands, and he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I, I'll call him back. So he calls Kent. And then Fotis calls the wife back. Great news. Oh, my God. Great news. Hold on. I need to sip my champagne. Great news from Fotis. And this is to Kent's wife. Great news. He agrees to all of them, but one. Or two. And I'm not going to disclose what those are. But, because I, those are personal. But, I just find, I, I find the whole situation amazing. How these guys, they show their personality so much. And these responses. And you know, it's all bullshit. You all know that this is all such an act. And if you don't, I'm telling you, it's all an act <laughs> right now. These guys are just trying to appease this woman for whatever they're trying to do, which I'm getting into. So we've got that going on. We've got Fotis telling this woman, okay, he agrees. This is great news. Oh my gosh. Like you guys are on the same page, blah, 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 except for these you know, one or two things, and then Fotis decides to chime in and say, "Listen, in 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 my family, this is how we do things." And I I found that to be very interesting. That stood out to me. And again, I don't have my outline. I'm speaking freely on this, but that stood out to me. And I come from European descent, and I I kind of come from the same type of family that you know, they don't believe in certain things. They believe in just talking to the family and, and that's it. So in a way I understood that, but I would never push that upon someone else. If I was trying to help a friend, like, let's say, you know, like my friend needed my advice and they said that they didn't agree with talking to the family about certain things or whatever it may be. I'm literally just making this up. Um, I wouldn't say, well, yeah, I disagree with you and my family, this is exactly what you should be doing. Like, I just, I wouldn't, especially someone that you've never met. Like, it's just... It's just Fotis. It's its what I see in his eyes, I'm telling you. So, after that conversation, they discuss the, the wants of the wife, and Fotis says that Kent agrees. He then pushes hard. It's the hard sell on the meat. And there was some back and forth about it. There was some serious back and forth of, you know, Fotis being like, Oh, I got to do this. I have to do this. It's something with Jen, which is very interesting. I have to pick up Jen or drop her off or something like that. And I could meet you here, meet you there. There was like back and forth about that. And then they decided to meet at, I believe it's Max's in, um, West Hartford. Now, What's interesting about this is that from what I learned, this Kent's wife took a girlfriend with her, a friend. So I think that's fucking great because for so many reasons, because if this then goes to, let's say like, they're subpoenaed in or whatever, which I I could see that happening with all of this. I mean... Have a witness to this is so huge, you know, and that's another reason why. It's like I never really doubted it when I when I heard that that there was a friend involved, someone with her. Ugh, I mean, such a smart woman to do that. I mean, in, in such a, a time of desperation, and and from what I hear, she was trying to save her marriage. You know, like many women do. No matter what happens, you know, you can't judge anybody. You know, you don't live in their shoes. You don't know exactly what happened. Um, I know I'm saying that and I'm like judging left and right. But what I mean is, is that you can't judge somebody on their decisions regarding their marriage, right? In the sense that if they take someone back. So she was fighting for it. You know, what marriage isn't, you know, like a cakewalk. I mean, there's ups and downs, right? maybe rape is, is a tough one to get over. And I'm not trying to make a joke, but you know, it's a tough one. It's a very tough one to get over. I haven't heard of anybody getting over it, but, um, from what I hear, she was trying to work things out. So I'm commending her and not allowing that to fog her judgment and her view on bringing somebody with her. So back to Fotis. Fotis then was constantly calling her. Now I think we're on day three or day four of this. And he's like now in full sale mode, like a fucking car salesman. Like, okay, we're meeting blah, blah, blah. So they decide on Max's and Kent's wife decides to take her friend. What I find so pivotal in this and so interesting is that at the end of the conversation, apparently Fotis asked what this woman looked like because clearly he's going to walk in and not know who she is because he's never freaking met her. So it's just mind blowing. So she has to tell him what she looks like. And so they all get there. I believe Fotis was, Hmm. he was, yes, he was late. He was not that late, but I believe the women got there first and Fotis walks in and he walks in with his collared shirt with his initials on it and his leather boots and I forget what else that they said. Um, It's unbelievable. Like, I I just still can't believe this because I could picture this literally happening and he slams down his Gucci wallet, not slams, but you know what I mean? Like makes, makes it a presentation that he's got this, you know, leather Gucci wallet and, and, and listen, I get it. Like I, I used to work for Lamborghini, so like straight out of college. So I know the sales technique. I know why he does that all the time, especially with building homes and selling them and having to put off you know, this, this, this aura of, of wealth and success. Um, I get it, but what's interesting is that what this shows is that he couldn't turn it off ever, that he was so wrapped up in that, that he, he could not let it go. Even in that moment of, you know, just being human, you know, just being, getting in the moment and saying like, this shit doesn't matter. What matters is talking to, you know, my best buddy's wife to get her back to him, you know, but no, he didn't show any of that. He didn't show any care or concern, just like he's not now about his missing wife, Jen. So he puts down the Gucci wallet. That was his, his major concern was, was putting on the show. So he does that. And apparently he says that he's got some letter for this, for this woman, this poor woman. I still can't believe it. Like what she's been through at this point. And she's sitting there Thank God, she's got her girlfriend with her. And from what I've heard from three people now that he didn't even look at the other woman and the other woman, I think said a few things, didn't even look at her. Um, but again, that is Fotis. Like I could just see it. I could see him just thinking like you are below me. Like you don't offer anything to my life. So you are just a piece of, I don't know, seagrass. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's just, it's crazy. So they're there, they're, they're chatting a little bit. And he says, you know, but he cuts to the chase quickly. There's no like, you know, a small talk, really. It's just, okay, great news. Again, great news, he says to her, that uh, he wrote you a letter. Now, what's interesting about this is I've asked this several times. Does she have the letter? Does she have the letter? And, and no, she doesn't, which, <laughs> I mean, again, this, this goes along with the perfect planning and the perfect detail. There is no letter. Not that night. The letter was there that night, but guess who took it with him in the end? Fotis. So back to this. So we've got the letter. And the letter is from Kent. And it's confirmed that it was in his writing, Kent's writing. But guess who it was addressed to? Not this woman. It was addressed to Fotis. And many of you would think, wait a second. So it's a, it's a love letter to Fotis? No, no. These guys are smart. They know that there's a protective order okay? that this woman has on Kent. So Kent's got to write it as if he's writing it to Fotis so he doesn't get in trouble. You see what I mean? These guys are very calculating and meticulous about every little detail to make sure that their asses are covered. So the letter from what I hear is like your basic bullshit love letter. Yada, yada, yada. I want you back. Uh, Like a vomit of the mouth. So after that wraps it up and he puts the letter between his cell phone and his wallet. And he's like, okay, so, uh, you want, you know, like, what are your thoughts? And this woman's like, uh, well, you know, she starts talking about the relationship. Like, well, he's got to do this. He's got to do that. And, you know, and, and not just demands, but she she tried to explain to Fotis that, and I'm trying to kind of give this story as accurate as I possibly can, she tried to, from what I hear, you know, talk to him about the relationship and, and have a little bit of real connection with, with Fotis, and he immediately pushed it off and said you know, listen, I'm not here to like talk about your relationship, which is a complete like 180 from what he's been, you know, preaching this entire time. Like, wait a minute, you, you don't want to be in like, then why the hell are we here is what I would have said, you know? So, you know, that was another, like, what is that? Number 200,000 red flags at this point. So he then gets a You know annoyed that he has to sit there and listen To this woman And is like listen you know I left left the grill on and Apparently he said Michelle fell asleep And I let's just go back to my house Like Holy shit Like I just can't even believe it You know like That's what you say Who leaves their grill on and then drives To freaking West like There's just so much to this that Stinks! It's it's just crazy. And so, of course, this woman's red flags are up. I mean, who who's wouldn't? I mean, you'd really have to be sloshed to just be like, oh, yeah, this is a really good idea. So, apparently, or if you're crazy like me, I would just go out of curiosity, but take, like, a couple magazines with me, and I don't mean the ones that you read. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. So... The friend, actually, who... Shout out to the friend, will I will not name. Um, and I actually don't even know. <laughs> love I'm like, will not name. I, I don't know her. Um, she spoke up and said, listen, we're not going. We're not going. And in that second, Fotis got up, didn't even acknowledge the women, paid the bill for his own beer or wine or whatever he had and skedaddled the fuck out of there. He was pissed because literally a minute before Kent's wife's friend said, we're not coming. He was selling hard. He was saying, we could put steaks on the grill. We could do this and that. You don't understand how nice my house is. And from the people that I spoke to, they emphasized that beyond. They were like, he was selling the house like it was, like he was selling it now. (laughs) But even more so, like it was like the best place on earth. Like, I mean, honest to God. So either he was very, very offended, which I'm sure he was, because, I mean, a guy like that would take offense to anything regarding him if you say no to him in any way. So he gets up and he leaves, and I guess before he left, allegedly said, "You know, um, oh no, 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 excuse me." Kent's wife said, "You know, do you understand that Kent could get in a lot of trouble for for you coming and speaking to me and in, in something like that?" And I, I give this woman a lot of credit if if this is completely accurate. From from what I know, it is um, that she said this to be fact. I think it's great. I think it's phenomenal. And I give her so much credit because to say that to him and to get his reaction was priceless. Because Fotis in that moment said, you know, yes, I know. And if you would, if you would do that, if you would call it in and get him in trouble, like I would take that personally. You understand that, right? I mean, (sighs) I, I, another chill down the spine. I mean, I could just see it now. I could see him saying that and, and and just looking you down, like, into your soul. Like, if you do that, I would take it personal. You know, do you know what I mean by that? You know, I, I just, it's crazy. I, I, I'd be shocked if this woman, they don't call her in for stuff because... This is crazy. So that happens. He gets up. He bounces, right? He's out. And after that night, so apparently that night he wanted, he wanted this woman to go back to the house where Michelle is asleep. Okay. Allegedly. He's, he's got a burning grill. He's got shit burning off of his grill and he wants everybody to come over. And he's, he literally said, this is what I've heard from literally three people oh my god he said well you guys can go in one room and like you know have sex and like get it together <laughs> and like you know and then we we you know me and whatever michelle we could go over here and like you know I, my house is so big it's so grand it's so this it's so that i mean first of all all right i've gone to friends homes i've had people over who the fuck says you can come to my house and, like, bang in the other room? (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. Listen, maybe there are some people that say that. I mean, I take it back, and I'm not trying to discriminate, but I'm just saying, like, to someone that you've never met, that's a little... I mean, unless if you have a prearranged swingers meeting, I mean, what the fuck? So I found that to be really, really strange, personally. Um amongst everything that he was saying. So that was just nuts. So she she left, and then he called her one last time. And, you know, after that meeting, she realized that this guy was just no good. And I, I, I believe that she spoke to someone else that advised her not to talk to him anymore. And she told him, and he apparently understood and said to her, that maybe she should talk to Jen something along those lines very interesting words at some point or something like that and I just and it wasn't to get back together from what I gather it was to talk to her to kind of chill out on the divorce proceedings, chill out on benefiting excuse me, for her to chill out in general and that in the way that, like, so he benefits, you know what I mean? It wasn't a, I want her back, I miss her type of thing. It was just, can you tell her to fucking, like, chill out so I don't get completely, like, slashed in this divorce financially? So, again, looking out for himself. So, you know, Fotis listens to this woman, and she's like, listen, we we can't talk anymore. This is, like, weird, and, you know, this just does not feel right. So he's like i understand and then he has to get that last that last thing in that maybe you can uh, you can talk to jen one day and then unbelievably which literally tugs at my heart to say days later Jennifer Farber goes missing and I don't even like to say Dulos anymore, guys. You're going to you're going to hear me say that often now cuz I I don't even like to say his last name with hers because it's not what she wanted. She made that clear in court and by filing, by trying to get the hell away from this man. So again, Jennifer Farber went missing days after that conversation. And it has been made known to me by numerous people directly involved in all of this that this, this woman, from what they believe was supposed to, in this whole theory, be the first one to go. I mean, shit, she, it could have been that night. I mean, he was pushing that hard from what I was told. He was pushing that hard. And who, like, literally, who am I to think otherwise? Why would he be? Who pushes that much for someone? Like, he had his own problems. We all know now. Like, why? It's so strange. He and and then the comment about, you know, I owe, I, we owe each other. Like, you have no idea, you know, or, or whatever he said about something like it. It was we owe each other. I know that for a fact. The direct quote, I don't remember, but it it was it was we owe each other. And that is just that's the meat of it that we owe each other and that stayed with me. And then you got to think this woman already had to deal with this guy trying to break in and the guy's a psychopath that allegedly raped her. I mean, Uh, who worshipped Fotis. So think about it. Fotis goes to him and says, hey, you know, I got this crazy wife too. This guy's complaining about his crazy wife. And then they start plotting. I mean, these are my opinions. These are my opinions and the opinions of others. And the more and more I think about this, the more and more I am just (sighs) frustrated I'm frustrated because, for many reasons, because this guy holds the keys to a lot of things, and I know that for many reasons, he backed out early on, and he, and it was at a time where nobody kind of would have noticed, you know, unless you're like crazy like me, and neurotic about detail, um, I just saw him, I saw it, I was like, this guy's slithering out, what has he got? That, what's the reason? Why is he running? And this just proved it. And the fact that, that now he's, you know, he's pushing his, his Fifth Amendment rights not to be involved in anything. So I just find it so interesting. He doesn't want to be involved in anything. He's he's pleading the Fifth, right? But this, whatever happened to his, him being like, you know, the God, Otis being the god to him. Like, wh- <laughs> where'd where that go? It's so funny, guys, how people that pretend to be your best friend, you know, how quick things change, you know, it's unbelievable. When push comes to shove, you really can't trust a lot of people. I'm sorry to say that to you, but, and you can disagree, but that's the reality of life. And it's just very, very interesting to me to see where this goes, how how it proceeds, and and what happens because, you know, now we're dealing with a slimeball lawyer, like, I don't even want to say, like, Norm. Like, Kent is worse. Kent's the type of guy that he knows guys that will come and try to break into your house, allegedly. So, I mean, God, if anything, don't just pray for the Farber family, but pray, pray for this, this woman that had to deal with Kent because I can't imagine what it's like to live in that level of fear. Like I, if someone literally came to my house and did what happened to her, I wouldn't be able to sleep ever. I mean, I already have issues with sleep, but that forget about it. I'd be like, I'd have like a semi-automatic I'd have a lookout tower. My house would look like a level five correctional institution. <laughs> Shit, it already does with all my security cameras. And after this podcast, I'm going to need like armed guards at the door. No, I'm just kidding. Bring it on, motherfuckers. But um, I'm just trying to make light of this, guys. It, it was It was a tough one to get through. Thanks for hanging with me. I really believe that something's going to happen with this guy. It's just too, like, you can't just, I mean, yeah, you can plead the fifth, but, but even then, doing that the whole way through shows guilt. It shows involvement in some way. It's going to be interesting to see how Connecticut plays this because they know he knows shit. They know it. It's just a matter of how they get it out. And I keep thinking to myself, there's got to be documents, there's got to be documentation. But again, I got to say it, they're dealing with a lawyer, they're dealing with someone that knows the system, that knows how to go around it, how to finagle it. And that's the only thing now that scares me, because he's definitely someone that could be advising Fotis. So, you know, without our knowledge. So that is, I mean, he did in the past. And again, they owe each other. So I want to leave you guys with that, that, that statement, you know, we owe each other. And, and this is Fotis' quote, we owe each other. And my God, I just can't believe it. Like, it's just so eerie to me because you guys have to realize this was days, days. I mean, at one point hours before Jen what was it like 48 hours or or less before Jen disappeared or excuse me before I believe she was murdered. I mean, at this point, if you don't believe that you're crazy. I mean, how, how could you, I don't know. I just can't even imagine having, having that conversation with him and then hearing about this it's just, it's unbelievable. I I would just be thinking, you know, so many things. I don't even want to say, you know, how how I could have prevented it, but that's just me. You know, it's, it's how I am. I try to prevent everything. And like I said, what happened to me with that, the rock thing really, really shook me up because you can't, you can't prevent everything. And this is just unbelievable. And it's going to be very interesting to see how it unfolds when it does, if, if we ever stop with the continuances. But, you know, like I said before, Kent knows the system, and it's going to be very, very interesting to see how he gets around this because he thinks he can, you know. I think I've kind of proven that with what I just said. He thinks he can because he did before. And when you keep getting away with stuff... what what do you, I mean, I almost don't even blame him for thinking that he can get away with it because it's, it's like practice what you preach. Like he really practiced and showed not only the system, but others that he knows how to finagle things. So this is going to be interesting, but my whole view on everything changed since what happened to me. Like I, I believe that if the police don't have their ducks in order, if the police aren't on their A-game, this is going to be tough. For, for murder, okay, I want to be specific on that, for murder regarding FOTUS. Because the whole other tampering with evidence, and I've spoken to some people regarding this actually two days ago and then today, um, I think that's a max of seven years correct me if I'm wrong I mean even five to seven I mean that that's serious shit I mean people don't realize the charges are so serious even even though it seems so small but tampering with evidence and hindering prosecution that is like you almost never hear of that those charges because it's just so crazy you know I mean you're, you're screwing with a case so that's that's like I mean, I'm trying to give an example of what that's like. It's not like lying. It's, it's, it's not perjury. It's, I mean, it's a form of that, but it's so much worse. I mean, it's really, really serious. So I don't want people to think that he's going to get off easy. It's just my focus on a lot of this is, is really making sure that he is accountable for what he really did that day. And we all know, we all know what he did the ones that really care for Jen and her family and her beautiful children and her amazing mother. We all know what he did or he had someone else do. And he needs to pay for that. He needs, he needs to be, to be pulled off his, his high horse that he holds himself. And the world needs to know who he really is. And so many still, it's mind blowing to me. So many still, I mean, they happen to be Greek. (laughs) So, you know, all right. It's not like everybody here, but a lot of people still are fighting for his innocence. And I'm just like, what planet do you live on people? I mean, even take away the whole story on Kent and the connection I mean, and the real personal connection. This isn't like, you know, someone that like Kent's saying, like, I never even knew the guy. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like there's documented, you know, court appearances of them interacting. Oh, and this is the last thing I want to say to you guys that is so important. Kent was his lawyer, as we all know, right? Well, why can't Kent just say, yeah. I'll give, him, I'll give Norm the alibi and say, like, I was on the phone meeting with Fotis that morning. Like, I just find it so interesting how this guy is pleading the fifth to everything. Like, that dude, you are so involved in this. Like, you won't even give him, you won't even give him an alibi. So think about that, guys. Until next time. Oh, and how can I forget, by the way, guys, bonus, I had to jump on for this. Michelle Traconis, all I got to say about her, what is it, 30-second appearance in court, guys, was the fact that her mother was f- fucking smiling while she's walking into court. I'm like, okay, she's, first of all, MT, as we like to call her, Michelle Traconis, is wearing a rosary around her neck tucked into a freaking cardigan or whatever the frig she's wearing. She's in all black, ready to go to her own funeral apparently. My God, I got her now I can't even joke about that. That was not a threat. Uh, it was a joke. Um, and then we've got, you know, Jack the Ripper to the other side of her, whoever that chick was. And then you've got this clown lady who's smiling walking into Stanford court. Uh, that is the thing that stood out to me. I'm like, lady, For the love of God, this is not America's Got Talent. Your daughter is not up next. You need to fall back into place and literally pretend you're crying. Like, she's gonna be going to trial for this. This is serious. You want potential jury selected people to see you smiling? Like, oh my God, she is on way too many antidepressants. No offense to anybody with mental illness. Literally, unbelievable. I That photo blew me to freaking Mars. I couldn't believe it. But needless to say, guys, everything's going to be continued because they are just going to be playing literally Batminton. Um, with these two, the two of them, MT and FD, because Fotis wants to know what she's got, and she wants to know what Fotis has got. Probably not. She probably just has a deal, and they're just waiting. But it's going to be a lot of continuances. Like I said, in so many of the groups, Connecticut is slow as hell, and the best thing to do is listen to LeashCast, to be honest. So follow me everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, message me. And I really want you guys to share every episode, share them in groups that are total assholes. Just throw it in there. I love it. I love the discussion. I love the haters. They're your biggest supporters. I truly believe that. And actually, no, they're not. The love that I've gotten is incredible. I I really love you guys. And I really appreciate all the support. And like I said, until next time, be well. Be safe and watch out for some rocks because they're throwing them my right here. It's giveaway time here at LeashCast, guys. I want to give back to all my loyal listeners. Your support has been incredible in this first few months of podcasting. It's absolutely unbelievable. And I want to do something special. So... To enter the giveaway, this is what you need to do. You need to like me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To enter, you need to, under my post that will say giveaway, you need to like and comment under the post that says giveaway on Instagram. When you comment, you need to do this. You need to write, I listened to the giveaway and I shared whichever episode you like, okay? So whichever one you like on LeashCast, share it say which one you shared and say how many times you've shared it. And I will be looking for those who have shared the most. And I will announce those winners on Christmas Eve. So we have a little bit of time and I hope you guys enjoy LeashCast. I love you guys. And here's to an amazing new year. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being on board. And I'll be back before you know it.